All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Happy Productive Podcast. My name is Jennifer Dawn. I'm a business coach and founder of The Best Planner Ever. If you're ready to start winning big in business and life, guess what? You're in the right place. The Happy Productive Podcast is your go-to resource for learning how to bring awareness and clarity, some de determination, some mental toughness, all those wonderful things into your daily productivity so that you can knock your goals like right out of the park and start setting yourself apart from the pack and succeeding on a whole new level. I am so excited today, you guys, because my guest is Rick Highland, and he has been consulting and helping people for over 31 years, all different people, all different size businesses, all to help improve their performance. And he specializes in helping leaders identify their personal and business performance gaps so that they can improve their performance. And I'm welcome, Rick. We're so happy to have you here today. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. We're so aligned. Everything you're doing, the, the thought of happy and productive together is exactly what we should be striving for. So thanks for all the work you do. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's funny because when you put like happy out there, sometimes people don't really understand the power of it. And I think sometimes when you're in a place where you're not happy, you think, oh, you know, I don't want to just be like happy-go-lucky, my head in the clouds, I'm not paying attention to anything. And that's really not what we're talking about at all. Like, there is so much power in the choice to be happy. And Absolutely. for me, it has been a choice. And I'd love to hear for you, from you, like, do you feel like happiness is a choice? Yeah, because, you know, we were speaking offline for a minute, and it's so amazing, you know, after 30, well, it's actually been th almost 35 years consulting in big business, small, medium size, all sorts. And, you know, I specialized in productivity improvement consulting. And so you run a lot across a lot of people around the world in many different industries and many different companies. And you can find a lot of successful, productive, and non-happy people. Yeah. And so, yeah, my passion like yours is to what is the secret formula, if you will. And it absolutely does start with a choice to be both successful, productive, happy, or some people say efficient and effective. So yeah, that is uh, absolutely my passion, like it is yours. Like how can we, what's the hows in order to do both? Because it's yeah. not just good enough to do one or the other, but how can we do both? Yeah, agree so completely. And tell me a little bit about your survey, because when I read this, I thought it was so fascinating that you surveyed um, a bunch of people and found out. <laughs> I won't spoil it. Why don't you share? Tell us about your survey and what you found out with that. Yeah, thank you. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I commissioned uh, a survey of it was just 1400 people or actually closer to 1500 now. But in four countries, uh, it was actually Australia, uh, the U well, UK, greater UK, uh, and United States and Canada. And basically what I was trying to do, I was writing a book called Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step -step guide uh, to setting up and managing your best life. And before I published that book, um, which I did last October, I wanted to kind of pinpoint and ratify my own experiences and get some empirical data on and the both and the both levers uh, of the survey were both around happiness and productivity. So yeah. that's why you know you and I are so aligned. So I was trying to really pinpoint um, the common denominators, if you will, the characteristics, if you will, of the happy and productive. 
And so, you know, one of the interesting questions, and I asked a question around purpose, and I didn't say in that purpose question, have you got it written down or whatever? I just say, if, do you live with purpose? And then I cross-correlated the ones that said yes with the ones that had the highest levels of happiness in the happiness question. And those with purpose were 32% higher in happiness. And so it just really drove kind of the central thesis of uh, the first part of my book is that we actually are more happy and productive when we live with purpose. Oh, I love that so much that that the purpose just on its own is 32% higher for the people who are happy. Like that is a really significant yes. <laughs> difference versus those who are not living with purpose. And so if you're living with purpose, and I feel like I live with purpose, like I get up every day, I know who I want to help, I know what I want to do, and it's a beautiful thing. But that was not always the case. Like I've spent, I, I can look back and have years of my life where my purpose was just to like get the work done, or my purpose was to make enough money so that, you know, I could, I could make payroll and still afford to buy groceries for me and the kids. Like I wasn't really thinking of anything more lofty than that, other than just, you know, survival and getting through the day. And so if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you have purpose, or maybe you've tried to think about this, but you're frustrated because you just don't know, like, I don't know what my purpose should be. Um, I would love you to speak to that. Like, what do you, how do you help these high performers if they're struggling to discover what their purpose is? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'd answer it two ways. And the one may be, the first one may be more Eastern philosophy, um, but it's so important for the happiness factor for us to find purpose in every day, right? Not just when we, you know, hit the home run at work or get a brand new car or a brand new house or, you know, whatever, advance in relationships, whatever it might be. But the happiest people find purpose in every day, in the small things. And I can talk about the habits of the happiest people as well in a second here from that survey. But to the larger question of purpose, which I also love in chapter four in my book is dedicated to the how to develop your purpose. It is so important as we've talked about to do that, but so many people get caught and anxious about coming up with the perfect purpose statement or my perfect purpose. And uh, so my, my purpose in writing chapter four of my book is to help people get through the how and through that anxiety of, you know, uh, hope I don't get this wrong or do I have to get this perfect or what is my purpose? And so I came up with over the years, uh, both through my own experience as a 26 year old, so over 30 years ago, writing my own purpose statement and, and really articulated what I call a triple seven process. So seven questions that take seven hours over seven days. You know, you'll see some people say it takes five minutes. You'll see some people take, it takes a lifetime. So what I've tried to get is a nut balance between reflection, so a week, and also some urgency in the brain to say, you know what, I, I can do this, and it's not that big a thing. I could ask myself and contemplate and, and meditate around these seven questions over seven days and articulate, uh, first of all, a draft statement that I can ruminate on, think about, and come up and really kind of define 
my purpose. Uh, does that make sense, Jennifer? Does that answer your question? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I love that you've put a structure to it to where for seven days, I can ask myself one question and spend an hour on that question. And, you know, if you're listening to this, and you're tempted to think, oh, an hour a day for seven days, I don't have time like that. It's your life. Okay, it's your life. Yeah. If you don't have an hour a day for seven days to think about your purpose, um, you're probably going to be missing the mark for years. <laughs> years yes. and years. So I love that you boiled that down into a, a process that you can follow. And are the seven questions in your book? Yeah, it's in chapter four. And by the way, a lot of people have sent emails and feedback and said, it hasn't taken me seven hours. Nice. But I do like the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm rethinking about it each day for a half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it be. And then by the end of it, I'm getting more comfortable with a draft statement that I could really, you know, kind of ponder and think about. And Amy, I, you might tweak it in a few months, but basically you'll come up with your straw man of some very meaningful values and statements that uh, really, you know, articulate, you know, greater purpose for you. I love it. And so for the people who go through and they, they spend the time and they do the work on this exercise, um, on average, like what do, you, what do they report after they've gotten clear on their purpose? Greater clarity, uh, greater happiness, greater efficiency, uh, greater sense of values. So, you know, I'll give you one example. You know, <clears throat> somebody was struggling with a relationship with their father, uh, some tension there. Uh, an adult with an older adult, you know, father, and, and um, it wasn't anything major, but they look back on their purpose statement to see how they wanted to react to that kind of crucial conversation that A, they wanted to have the crucial conversation, and B, that they wanted to respond with values. And you can, I've, I, another example is a boss, you know, how many, how much tension sometimes do we have at work with your boss? And, and to be able to respond to a bonus being held back or whatever it might have been based on your values articulated in your purpose. Um, so it's not just in my case, it helped me find my job, uh, but it's so much bigger than that. It can help you really know how you wanna to respond to your kids, your relationships, your work. Uh, so there's so many, um, in fact, you know, there's lots of research in chapter three of my book. I articulate all the health studies that have been done on uh, people live longer, they have less uh, health challenges, uh, less hospital stay. And there's really, uh, over the last 10 years, the, the medical journals and the psychological journals, the piling up over the power of purpose and all the health benefits to actually having and living with purpose. Oh, I love this so much. It almost sounds like your purpose statement. We tie a lot of that into what we call a vision statement, and we use that yeah. in our daily planner. But the idea is to read with it, read it every day and to align with it so that it's like fresh in your mind. So when you do have a challenge that pops up, it's really easy to come back and say, wait a second, who do I want to be in this situation? Because one of the things you said was bringing that purpose into your day to day, every single day. And guys, guess what? Life's going to throw you curveballs. Like there's just no way you, you can't sit and visualize enough and have a life where you never get a curveball. It just isn't going to happen. But when you get the curveball and you can look at it as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity to practice, you know, being who you want to be and living your purpose, like that's where the joy is. Like truly, there's so much joy to be found there. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. And I see you have a wonderful 
uh, journal on your website and it looked really good. I've also just launched what I call a CI journal or continuous improvement journal. Mm -hmm. And the first page in there is the purpose statement, right? And then the second page, like you believe in is your goals. And then you go on to your, your daily and weekly habits. But yeah, just to remind yourself of what my purpose is, that helps you both plan and react. Because as you said, Jennifer, I mean, life, it's not like you get your purpose and you set your goals and then it's, you know, Disney ending, right? <laughs> there is a lot of work and skills necessary to respond with purpose. And that's actually the, the there's kind of three parts to the book, Live Your Purpose. One is around the purpose statement. Two, something you believe in is articulating and how to set goals based on that purpose. And then the third part, and that's really my journey over the last 10 years that, I, that I've learned, I'm more of a novice in than, as I mentioned, I studied, started with purpose and goals in my 20s, but is then what's the skills to respond when mm. things don't go perfectly, when, th when you have setbacks at work or at home, and like so many of us do. And so in that part of the book, I talk about gratitude and the importance of that practice in your life. And that there's a page in my CI journal for that every day mm -hmm. in your life. Focus the mind on what you have versus mm -hmm. what you don't have. How important yeah. is that? Right. And then there's a, a chapter on meditation and mindfulness. And then the last chapter in that section is really around acceptance. How do I accept what's happened and move on with purpose? So connecting it back to the purpose. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, one continuous improvement. It takes a lot of skills to kind of be happy and productive and mm -hmm. to live with purpose. But uh, those are, you know, essentially some of the things that we talk about in the book. I, I love it so much. And I love that you mentioned the skill because I find that when I work with clients, sometimes if they're not just naturally optimistic or naturally grateful, you know, and some people I think do tend to have personalities that tend to lean a little more one way or another. And if you're a person who tends to lean more towards, you know, being a little more pessimistic or finding all the problems or the challenges and things like that, I think I've noticed in my work with clients, like those kinds of clients, it's harder for them to kind of tap into the gratitude. If you tell a happy, optimistic person to practice gratitude, they'll be like, fine, woohoo, or I already do, you know, it's not, it's not that much of a challenge, but when you tell somebody who's in a really rough patch or, um, you know, going through a really hard time or naturally kind of tends to lean more towards the problem side of life, um, you tell them to do this, I, I've noticed it's a harder thing for them to kind of move past or to get into the habit of, so when you work with people who are not naturally this way, how do you help kind of help them bridge the gap or get over that hurdle? Yeah, that's a great question. And in always going back to your purpose is one way to answer that question. But I live that, the very case study you just cited, I live that in my own house. My wife is a natural, happy, optimistic, grateful person. And I am a problem solver and see the gaps and see what's missing. And so it's been an incredible marriage that way. And I've been able to learn, but she naturally does this. And her mother-in-law, her mother, my mother-in-law yes. does this naturally. And so, but I don't, and many people don't. And so the actual practice of, you know, every day listing your blessings, what you're grateful for, little things, big things, it doesn't matter, relationship things, work things, list them all. It just, it's such a quick habit to get your mindset in focused on a, a more positive direction so that you can uh, really handle your challenge. And it's not Pollyanna. It doesn't mean there's not problems in your life or ga mm -hmm. gaps to solve. 
it just gets you in that mindset so that you can get at those problems in a productive way. Oh, I love that. And it's, it's right. It's a skill. It comes back to that yeah. skill of flipping our mindset, directing the mind instead of just letting it kind of run loose on problem, 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 problem. Um, I, I, in our household, similar, I'm kind of the naturally happy. I'll walk into a room and go, Oh, I can make it work. My husband will walk into the room and go, let me tell you the 10 reasons why this won't work. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, wait a second. So it's kind of nice balance between us too, because like if I need him to critically look at something and find the problems in it, because sometimes I just won't see the problems because I'll just be like, oh, I can just make it work. And I, when I need that like critical mindset, like he's the one I give stuff to. I'm like, go look at this and tell me what's wrong with it. And he can always find things, which is awesome. But it's that balance between the yes. two. And it's about developing the skill of, okay, great. Maybe some of us are really good at, at finding the problem, but we're not always so good at like solving the problem. But that's where I think the skill comes in of being able to direct the mind in a way that's positive to solve the problem so that you don't get lost in the problem. Yeah. You know, this, that, that reminds me of in the survey that you asked about what we, we asked the question, I asked the question, happiness and particularly on the happiness side, what are the practices or skills or rituals or habits of the most happy people? And so I only looked at that upper band of those people that enjoyed, uh, as, this is themselves answering the question, um, the highest levels of happiness. And there was three skills or three habits that they highlighted. And I, I think you'll identify with these three, but, and I tried to correlate a whole bunch of other things I believe in, but these were the three that they ranked the highest for the most happy people. And one was exercise. They had regular exercise. And by the way, it was just walking was most of them. You know, some of us enjoy biking mm -hmm. and running and different things and so whatever it might be. But most cited, but it was regular exercise. It kind of three to five times a week. That was habit number one or skill number one to get themselves happy and productive. And the second one was, and this is, I love this one, daily planning, right? Ah, so love that one. <laughs> I didn't ask, you know, whether they use your planner or my planner or, you know, what, yeah. whatever planner I just asked and they said daily planning and I loved it. And I didn't ask them whether they're prioritized or not. Some of those skills that you and I might believe in, but daily planning, the actual, that they have a plan for each day to help them get motivated based on their goals and purpose. And, and I, I love that one. And the third one was also very interesting is that they do regular service or random acts of kindness. So that's their mindset, if you will. That's their skill that they're regularly involved. And it might be, you know, it might be making lunch for your family or it might be opening the door. Or it might be, you know, all these small things. Uh, it didn't have to be a big major nonprofit or it could have been, right? Mm -hmm. But um, those three practices had very high correlation to the happiest and most productive. Wow, that is really fascinating. It's not a surprise, but it's, it's very yeah. fascinating. And that I believe that all three of those things, when you're exercising, you're doing your self-care. So what are we saying? We're taking care of ourselves first so we can be in a good place to show up and serve others. And then when your mindset is in a place of service, all of these things and daily planning too, like setting your intention for how, you know, taking your power of how you want your day to go all of those line you up to be, a, to be in a better emotional state. They just do. You're not feeling like a victim to your circumstance. You're taking your power. You're setting your intention for what you want your day to go. And of course, I think that's just going to be a natural way to almost make happiness more inevitable. 
Like yeah. it's just going to be the byproduct of when you do these, these things, you're going to be more happy as a result. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at kind of the intentionality or, or the principles behind those three practices in the happy, it's that they are intentional, right? They have intentionality in their life and whether that be, you know, a written purpose statement and goal statement, uh, but they have intentionality. So they, they wake up each day with intentionality of, you know, exercise and, and giving or serving or kindness and, um, and planning the day to be productive based on some framework, you know, yeah. and some intention in life. And uh, boy, if you can build those practices in, you can be both highly productive and happy. Oh, I love this so much. And so tell me what happens when you come across a person who maybe they're going through something really traumatic. Um, they're going through a divorce. They maybe suffered a death in the family. Um, something that I, I remember there was a time in my life where uh, my husband was in a job transition. And so I was supporting the whole family. This was several years ago. And it was really hard on me. Like my revenues went down in my business. I was so emotionally, it just was a really emotionally charged time. Um, so if you're going through something like this, something big, something major, and you kind of like don't feel like yourself in a situation like this, how do you step in? Um, how do you, how do you like get past some of this? Like, what would you recommend? I'd love to hear just, you know, a tip or two, if you're going through, if we have listeners out there who may be going through something rough and they're like, Hey, my friend Rick, this all sounds great, but you know, I just went through this or I'm going through this and I just can't get my act together. Like, what would you say is something that somebody could do to kind of help step them into some of this so they could see the results of it? Jennifer, this is such an important topic, you know, because we're, we're broaching on the topic of mental health and mm -hmm. mindset and, and keeping. And sometimes when you're, you know, four feet under, it's really hard to do some of the things we're talking about today. So I always encourage people, it, depending on what level of mental health they're at, to get professional guidance, medical help, professional counseling help. So Given that that's that not my expertise, but if people really need that, please use those you know resources. But if it's just one of those things that you're having a bad day or a bad week, or there's been and we have interestingly enough had a few neighbors lose loved ones recently, children, which is even you know sadder. Mm -hmm. um, so you know one of the principles is just go back to basics, build some basic, and I, I have a. A wonderful, my youngest daughter just had a brand new baby boy and, the, you know, no sleep, John, it's the whole thing, you know, that, that just kind of completely set them back and <laughs> uh, back to basics, build simple, uh, practical practices, routines in your everyday life to help you get back up to the space where you need. And that might be, you know, simple spiritual practice, emotional practice, mental practice, physical practice, as we've talked about. Just build some of those basic, simple routines into your life so that you feel your motivation increasing or your mindset or your health, mental health, if you will. But start with very small things. And it might be, you know, waking up 15 minutes earlier and meditating for 10 minutes. That mm -hmm. might be all you can handle right now to get yourself quiet and still and really focused and centered and ready to attack the, the discouragement that you're feeling from past events. So that's what my basic advice would be. Get help if you need it, professional help, medical help, 
Um, but start with very simple practices in your life, walking 10 minutes, meditating 10 minutes, see if you can start there. There's an interesting, oh my goodness, this reminds me of one of my favorite authors. Um, uh, they have a story. It's uh, basically um, uh, by small things, great things shall come to pass the Kaizen, Kaizen way mm-hmm. by Dr. Bob Maurer. And it's just a small little book. Google had it. It's one of its top 100. And I've had him on my podcast and I quote him in my book. And But his study, and this is, I think this gets to the root of your question, Jennifer. So he did, he was a medical practitioner and then he went mm-hmm. into kind of um, a teaching uh, in hospitals. And so as the interns or the medical uh, people that were in training would have clients come into them, he would be the second doctor or the training person. And time after time after time, they would prescribe things, you know, uh, um, for example, uh, the, the one he cites in the podcast and in my book and his book is a lady that was super stressed, single mother, two kids, kids were in school, um, all the things that come with being single mother, teenagers, um, she was overweight, uh, overweight, hyper, hypertension, just lots of health concerns starting to show up. And they had come, she had come in a couple of times and they had given her some advice, start exercising. Blah, blah, do this, do that, start eating better, uh, whatever. And nothing was changing. She was a bit, of a, a bit of a funk as they describe it. And so one time Dr. Maurer said to her, he'd just gone through Kaizen training and uh, by small steps, great things shall come to pass. And he said, let's, I um, can't remember her actual name, but she said, he, they said to her, do you watch TV at night after the kids go to bed? Yeah, I do that to kind of unplug and unwind. Okay. What about during one commercial? I want you to come back next week, same time, same channel, but during one commercial at night when you're watching your favorite show, I want you just to walk in place or do jumping jacks mm-hmm. for the length of that three minute, four minute commercial, whatever it was, pick a long commercial. Can mm-hmm. you do that? Yeah, I'll do that. So she did that for seven days and it was a simple, small enough, yep. didn't scare the brain. Right. <laughs> Uh-huh. Her on uh, some new activity, and so you you know where the story's going, right? So she they and then it was every two weeks, and, and they added. Well, how about during every commercial of your favorite show for the second week? Can you stand in place or do jump jack? So long story short, she got into an exercise practice, lost twenty pounds, hypertension went down, et cetera, et cetera. But it all started from a place of starting with build very small, simple practices in your life, and then go from there. Oh, I love this so, so much. And it's so true. Um, getting back to basics. And guys, this goes for wherever you might be. Even if things are pretty good and you're up-leveling, but you're finding that, hey, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed because I'm taking on so many more things. Or if you're going through something really difficult and you're finding you know, trouble getting through the day, it, it, it is the same advice and it applies. Getting back to those basics. I love it so much. And the small steps. We talk about this with a dial. So when we talk about like, you know, exercise or eating right or, or doing whatever we need to do each day, it's kind of like a dial. Some days you're going to be able to dial it up and that's great. And some days you're going to have to dial it back down and that's okay too. Just don't turn it off, you know, keep yeah. taking those small steps. And, you know, one other thing I want to add to that was something that you mentioned about acceptance earlier on. You know, no matter where you are, what you're going through, sometimes just taking a few moments to practice acceptance. This is where I'm at and it's okay. I don't have to beat myself up. I don't have to feel bad about it. I don't waste the energy. Like it's a lot of 
energy to beat ourselves up. And so it's like, wait a second. Instead, I'm just going to align with and practice acceptance. This is where I'm at today. Doesn't mean I can't change it. Doesn't mean I can't do something different. But just being okay with this is where I'm at today can also be a huge power move, right? To step back in, feel okay about where we're at, and then start to take those small steps that will eventually lead to greater things. Oh, you are absolutely right. And, you know, I now we're talking about high performers, the people with that are hitting home runs in so many of their lives mm -hmm. that, but they'll still get a little overwhelmed from time to time because they're trying to do it all. They're trying to juggle it all. And they're, mm -hmm. they're having success in so many of their lives. And these, these principles of small steps and acceptance work for them as well and are very much needed. Let's say meditation practice. So many of the high performers uh, that I deal with do get overwhelmed and they start comparing themselves versus the neighbor or the other guy at work or gal, mm -hmm. you know, so, and so this idea of acceptance and this idea of, you know, meditation or slowing down uh, to break through, right? And so, oh, you know, Rick, I can't start meditation. You know, it just takes too long. I can never be, a, you know, a Buddhist. I can never be a monk. I can never <laughs> go for a 30-day retreat. Well, you know, neither can I. But what if we start with 10 minutes? Oh, I can't do 10 minutes. Okay, do this for me. On your Apple Watch, every morning when you start, take 10 big in-breaths for four seconds and 10 yeah. big out-breaths for four seconds and reset yourself. And how about after a stressful meeting, you do the same thing. Can you do that 10 times? Oh, yeah. I, could do that. I could do that. How about on the way home from work? Well, we used to travel on the way yeah. home from work, but yeah. before you leave your office, wherever your office is, take 10 breaths, deep breaths, reset your emotional, physical, mental mindset to go to the next chapter at night or next phase or next responsibilities that you have. So again, start small, accept, work on these areas, even as a high performer, so that you can be a sustainable high performer. Because you and I both know people that can yeah. hit it for four years and they work their brains to death and they right. just, just not a sustainable continuous improvement model. Yeah. Uh, what we're after is 50 years of highly productive and yes. happy, right? Not four. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, so even high performers need some of these practices and need to start with small steps yep. of you know, accepting where we're at and building some of these small practices in their life so they can, can be sustainable high performers. Yeah, I love that so much. And meditation, guys, can be whatever you make it. Um, you know, sure, you can go sit on a mountain with monks and if yep. that works for you, fantastic. Um, in my life, that doesn't work. And even like this morning, my quote meditation was I placed this beautiful music that I love really softly and literally in my mind for 10 minutes I just thought the words peace love trust patience um and surrender like those were my words and I just went through those words for 10 minutes to just set myself to be in a good place right patience don't get so crazy trying to control everything. Trust, trust that you, the universe has your back. Surrender, let it all go. Just doesn't mean don't show up, but it means, you know, let go of anything I'm holding on to energetically so that I can show up and be in my best space. And I don't know, there's probably somebody out there who does a guided meditation around those concepts, but I just make it be what I need for that particular day. And you can do this with meditation. It doesn't have to be some crazy, you know, sitting on a rock for an hour by the ocean. Although if you can sit on a rock by, for an hour by the ocean, go for it. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. But just make it be whatever you need it to be for that day. And 
and, and that works. Yeah, there, there's such power in those simple intentions, rituals to start your day. My two words today are lately have been love and acceptance that I can yeah. show up for myself, my family, my extended family, my people in my circle of influence with love and acceptance while I'm trying to be super productive and yeah. accomplish good things. And so, yeah, those small rituals that we do can lead to big long-term sustainable success. Oh, I love that so much. All right, Rick Highland, let me hear one productivity tip that you have used that has changed the way that you work. Okay, well, I've talked about a few of them, but the one, the superpower that I've held back that I'm willing to share <laughs> with you, Jennifer, is weekly planning. Mm. 30 minutes on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, looking at all the different roles and goals in your life and planning to be intentional. You know, in my relationships, what urgent or non-urgent important activity am I going to try to accomplish this week? In my financial, in what... What activity, if I did, is it a living will that I haven't had time to get to? What is it a financial plan? You know, whatever in each one of those categories that I can be intentional to make a difference. Because when the week starts, it's just gonna it's gonna be a blur. Mostly high, you know, highly productive people got full calendars. That's never been the problem. The problem is being super intentional to advance yeah. in each one of those important categories in your life, spiritual, physical, health, financial, relationships, et cetera. And if we can do that with weekly planning, and so what I do on a Sunday night or a Monday morning is just write out those goal areas, remind myself in my journal, and then build. I do a review of last week and some of the things I accomplished yeah. in those areas, and I feel great about it, and I pat myself on the back and use that as energy and motivation to continue. And then I identify and encourage people to what are the practices next week that are super important, but not necessarily urgent, that if you really plan into your week and that you were intentional about would help you have a great week. And so there's the secret. There's the productivity tip, you know, the weekly oh. planning as a superpower. Oh, I love that so much. This is why you and I are in alignment with each other because I do the same, a very similar practice. And you guys, it does, it just has so much power to sit down even just for a small piece of time and get really clear on who I want to be, how I want to show up, what I want my life to look like, and now what action am I going to take this week to actually make it happen? So uh, I love that so much. All right, Rick, share where everybody can find you. Sure. Yeah, just go to my website, ciforlife.org, www.ci4life.org, and you'll see uh, some of the things we've talked about today, the book, the journal, the coaching, the um, I just put out a course, Crush Your Goals for Small Business, where I did 10 videos to help uh, really businesses between kind of one to 30 people, that group that's really been head, hit hard in COVID, um, how to crush your goals, how to improve your performance 20%. And so, um, and actually, Jennifer, I got it on a super discounted rate right now, uh, 59 bucks so that people can just grab it, use it all the ideas that I consulted with for years in big business. Now you, I've simplified it and put it down to what small business can do. And also um, just, there's also a spot there that if you've listened to this podcast with Jennifer and supporting her, I'll send you a free audible copy of the book, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step -step guide to living your best life. So that's for the listeners today. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, the CI for Life is where you can find Rick. Um, if you're interested in any of our stuff, you can, of course, visit bestplannerever.com or jenniferbondcoaching.com. Thank you so much.
Rick, for being here today. I hope everyone enjoyed all this fantastic content. And that's it. Get out there and have a happy, productive day. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. Visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On the website, you'll find free resources along with the links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the personal lives of so many of Jennifer's clients. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.